Welcome to the Relationships Workshop. My name is Shirley, and I'm a real recovering compulsive overeater and your moderator for this meeting. Okay. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off now. Okay. Except for my timer. She's, she's okay. We remind you that this session is being taped. All speakers must sign the release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format for this session is as follows. We will have three speakers who will share for 20 minutes each, followed by three-minute open pitches until the end of the session. The topic for this session is relationships, mining with others. The following is a reading from AA's 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 77. Having thus cleaned away the debris of the past, we consider how with our new, newfound knowledge of ourselves, we may develop the best possible relations with every human being we know. This is a very large order. It is a task which we may perform with increasing skill, but never really finish. Learning how to live in the greatest peace, partnership, and brotherhood with all men and women of whatever description is a moving and fascinating adventure. It is an honor and a privilege to introduce our first speaker, Evelyn from Reseda. Thank you. Uh, my name is Evelyn. I'm a compulsive overeater and relationships. I, I'm just like going, not today, not today. Uh, I, uh, let me get the, the, the numbers out of, out of the way. Um, I, I was always obese. I was a just under a 14-pound baby. When I was 11 years old, I was 100 pounds overweight. I was uh, obese until I came to program. I was never pretty. I was never pleasingly plump, and I never had a pretty face. 
you know. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. Um, I have been coming into Overeaters Anonymous since 1987, and I just celebrated 25 years of abstinence in this program. But what's more important is I'm, I also celebrated an over 100-pound weight loss, a continuous abstinence maintenance through thick and thin and ups and downs and aging and menopause. All you guys go like this. You know, I'm going to talk about that and, and things. But relationships is a struggle for me. I have to tell you, after 25 years, 26 years in this program, my first and foremost relationship is with my food. Okay, my food, food in all its variations comforts me, you know, and it's my first thought, happy, tired, sad, wake up in the morning, go to work, come home. My first thought is you really ought to have a cookie, you know, that's that little chatty Kathy, you know, there, you really ought to have a cookie. Are you going to have a cookie? Don't you think you need a She needs a cookie, and if she has one, then you can have one too. You know, that's, that's my crazy thinking. My other uh, problem I have is with myself, okay? My relationship with myself. A, a woman come up and ask me, are you going to I'm going, oh, no, I wasn't planning on it, but now I have to. And um, I have approximately 72 people that live in my head at almost any time. And per- <laughs> particularly the last couple weeks, I... I have to tell you that I am a walking ball of rage right now. I am so angry with the way my life is turning out. I'm so angry with everything. I'm angry with this program. You know, it says in the big book, if you do this, this, and this, the promises are going to come true for you. I did that. The promises did come true for me. But you know what? Things aren't going right. Okay, now I would turn that over to my higher power, but as a lot of you know, unfortunately, him and I have an odd relationship, and, um, and I don't put much stock in his decision-making. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, really, it, it's really hard. That, that is an option that I do anyway. I was trained in this program that you do something whether you believe it or not. You do something whether you think it will work for you or not. You do th- something... Um, uh, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. And I have found out that all of that really does work. Even 25 years later, when somebody walks up and makes a suggestion to me, I just think to myself, my automatic response is, that's not going to work. What is she talking about? What is he talking about? I I had a a, a person in program share an airplane with me, unfortunately, on the way up here. And uh, all the advice that he gave me, I just, I didn't want to hear it. And on top of that, I didn't ask him for any advice. I, I wanted to pretend that I wasn't sitting there with him, you know. And, uh, and I listened, and uh, uh, I will take it under advisement. But I'm uncomfortable with people, you know. I, I, I've always been uncomfortable with people. I, I don't understand most of the time what you're all talking about. You know, I'm like, it's like I, 90% of the time, it's like I'm standing with a group of people and they're, spe- they're speaking Egyptian and I'm listening in Lithuanian. You know, I'm like going, what? What are we talking about? I don't understand, you know. But I've learned to negotiate those relationships uh, at work. Uh, I'm, I'm successfully married because of this program. 
for uh, the last 20 years. Uh, unfortunately, to a, a man who has five children that cannot stand me. And I happen to be kind of cool, you know. <laughs> and they don't think I'm funny. You know, they don't think, they think I'm a pain in the ass, you know. And, uh, I, and, I, uh, and they all have five children. And uh, the, the, the thing in our family is that half of our children have married their sp- other people's spouses and everything. When we get together, it's not, it's not happy. And... <laughs> Okay, so I'm to the point, and my, and my husband, who is practically perfect in every way, I got him as a gift of this program, and uh, he, he's, uh, his mind is failing, and, uh, and that's difficult. And I'm aging. I'm 66 years old, and I'm still freaking working, and that's not what I planned, you know. So... I'm, I'm one of these that walks around, particularly this week, and I, and I say to myself, okay, I'm powerless over my husband. I'm powerless over his freaking illnesses and his perceived illnesses. I am so tired of hypochondriacs. I am, am I the only one in the San Fernando Valley that, do, that does not have a back problem? You know, I'm like, <laughs> we're remodeling my offices, and I'm 66 years old. Everybody else is 15 years younger than me, and I'm moving the furniture. You know, I'm like going, give me a break. Suck it up, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I'm powerless over my children. I have a daughter uh, who, who happens to be severely obese. And, and her solution is, is, to, uh, is to have breast surgery so I can take care of her for six weeks. And, I mean, and I'm looking forward to this. And, um, and, and I'm powerless over that. And I'm powerless over her perceived illnesses. I'm powerless over, I'm powerless over the economy, you know, that, because this was not my plan, you know. I came into program, and, I, and the promises mainly come true for me. Okay, and most of the time I forget about it. But I, you know, you have some kind of general plan, and things change. With the grace of this program, I don't have to act on my anger. You know, I mean, I'm angry. I'm to the point where, until a few minutes ago, when I walked in, if you're going to go anywhere, go into some of these rooms where people have brought their used stuff, and, and you, might, you might get a vision. And um, uh, I, I, until I walked into the, to the room, to avoid speaking to someone, um, I was—I <laughs> was—I I was going. I, if I, as soon as I get done with this, I'm going to leave because I'm going to slap somebody. You know, I would feel better if I could slap somebody. So I go into the room and I'm sitting and 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 then I'm I, okay. I have to back up a little bit. I'm on the plane yesterday and I'm 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 sitting talking to myself, which I often do, and uh, while people are talking to me, and I'm going. Um, <laughs> You know, Lord, I, I need some help here. You know, I need you to really get on the ball because otherwise I'm going to go postal, you know, and, and I don't care. I don't care. And, I, and I, need you to, I need you to grant me a kind and generous heart. I have struggled with that. Those of you who know me for 25 years, I am not kind and generous by nature. By nature, I'm the kind of person who will walk into a party, walk across the crowded room, write down your character defects on a piece of paper, nail them to your forehead so everyone else will know. <laughs> I am comfortable with that kind of behavior. Um, and, and, I, and I go through periods where, you know, and, and sometimes I go through periods where I just weep for myself because I, I've realized that I've gone back to being a Grinch with a heart two sizes too small, 
you know. And it breaks my heart. And then I suck it up, as I was taught in the program, and I try again. You know, and so like I'm right, I, I, I need to do that. You know, I, I need to do that. So I walk into, I think I was in the, the room where they're cutting up magazines, and, 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 and I'm going, oh, I can't be drawn into that, you know. So <laughs> I slide away, and there's a stone sitting there by this little serenity thing, and, and the stone said, nothing is impossible to a willing heart, you know. And I went, oh, okay, I could do this one more time. That's what I found out in program, that my relationships – I have to regroup and I have to practice again, you know. And I, I have to tell you, I have fast and firm friends in this program. I have fast and firm friends outside of this program. When I had my wedding, amazingly, I mean, I invited 250 people thinking 80 people would show up. I mean, who else? I mean, come on. Did you guys have anything else to do that day? You know, and most of the people were not for program. I was stunned. I had people who came, who came in, I had two people who came in an ambulance. I'm going to uh, go home, you know. <laughs> oh, no, we wouldn't have missed this for the world. You know, who, who can believe that? Because what's going on in this head is completely different. But I don't have to act on that. <coughs> and, and, and I have established, I have, because of this program, because of a food plan, because of people who have talked to me, and my own personal investigation on, on what food does for me and how it changes my thinking, I have a, a healthy relationship with food when I'm eating it, like this. Not up here, you know, not up here, but from here, from the plate to the, to the mouth, you know. I had an unfortunate meal last night. No matter how I tried to manipulate the waiter, he still bought me food that I don't like. You know, I had chicken, and I had rice, and I had vegetables. The choice of that was to have more vegetables. And I'm going, and I said, turned to him, and I said, I don't like this. And he says, and he looked at me, and he says, you're going to love it when I bring it. You know what? When he brought it, I did not love it. <laughs> and... And he knew that because he could tell the look on my face. And so later, he, and, and he was teasing me, you know, didn't you love that? And I'm going, no, I didn't. <laughs> and he's going, but this, is, this was so much better than what you were going to order. And I'm going, no, it isn't, you know. And unfortunately, he didn't have what I wanted, you know. And you know what? I had a healthy meal. It was one meal, you know, 15 minutes out of my day, get over it. You know, and that's how I was trained in this program. Because of this program, because of people modeling behavior for me, I have become a better friend. I'm, I'm not a good friend. When I was a kid, I was a type of kid that had friends, but, but I, had the, I had school friends. The day school was out, then I had summer friends, and you didn't talk to those friends. Then when school started again, I had new friends, and you didn't talk to the summer friends. You know, I, I, I don't understand people who still write to people that they've known for 20 years. You know, I, I, I just go, really? Oh, yeah, I'm going back and seeing we've been friends for 35 years. Really? You know, and you're going to say, what? You know, um, I have become a better mother. I, uh, I was not a good mother. I, I'm an orphan. And it wasn't until I walked into this program at the age of 42 and I had a terrible relationship with my daughter. And uh, now I know most of it was my fault. But 
until a woman, three or four years into the program, she walked across the room and said to me, you were not a good mother because you, you're an orphan and you didn't have anybody modeling good parenting skills for you, so you don't know what you're doing. I was so relieved because, <laughs> I mean, because no matter what I read or tried to do, it didn't work. Okay, my daughter was 16, all right? I am now the good mother of an adult child, okay? This is one of the secrets. Woman comes across the room in the, to tell me the secret. She says, she says You're, when my child became an adult and, and things got worse, okay? And the woman said to me, she says, she's an adult now. You are no longer in charge. I went, I went, oh, good, you know? <laughs> and she said, if, if you need to treat her as if she was a sponsee. You offer suggestion, you don't give advice, and you shut your mouth. Oh, okay. All right, I practiced that and things got better. You know, it doesn't matter that my daughter doesn't want to pay the electric bill because she wants to buy a dress and then the electric gets turned off. I don't have to say, I told you so. You know, I can say to her, you know, did you call and ask for an extension? Oh, no, Mom, they'll know that I'm going to send it in a week. And I go, well, you know, it's been my experience that when that happens, they turn off the electric. And she goes, oh, no, it'll all work out. Oh, okay. And a week later, you get the phone call. My electric's off. And now I have, oh, isn't that too bad? Shut up. Okay. All right. And And over the years, I've become very good at that. I don't like my daughter's life, and I don't like the way she lives it. Okay, my daughter is, it's none of my business, none of my business, okay, I don't like my husband's children, I do not approve of them, I do not, I personally don't like them, I would not spend a lot of happy time with them, you know, and unfortunately, uh, I not only make their father available to them, I support that, and I have people into my home that, you know, I would seriously wonder about them sitting on my couch, you know. I just, and I count everything, all the silverware when they're gone in case they steal it, you know. It's none of my business, you know. If they ask me for my thoughts, which is very rare um, because they know me, I, I offer that to them, and then I shut up. And I remove myself before I slap them. But, and and I'm, I'm a better employee. I'm a better employee. Now, my, because I'm no longer the Uber employee. I used to be the, the perfect employee that made everybody uncomfortable. And now I'm better at that. I'm very supportive of, of my work environment, particularly now, particularly in this environment, particularly over the last six weeks. We've had secretary meltdown almost every day. You know, and I'm like going, come on. You know, wait a minute. You know, let's take a deep breath here. You know, I've learned those skills here. Uh, you know, I've sat on boards. I've worked in a group. You do that, and you 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 can negotiate anything. Am I right? Am I right? I I I go into into work, and, and there's a problem, and I go, okay, well, what can you do? What can you do? Okay, all right. And so we have a consensus here, and everybody goes, where did you learn how to do that? I'm going, you you got to go to a 12 step intergroup meeting and try to get everybody to vote. You know, as opposed, you know, because half the people there have never been there before and don't know what we're talking about, you know. And, you know, I've learned those skills here. So my life is better. But you know what? Sometimes life just grinds down, you know. And the one thing that I've learned is that nothing lasts forever. And things do get better. 
So I just wait it out. <laughs> so I have like this mantra playing in my head going, okay, everything's okay. Everything's okay. You know, you know, it, 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 you know, it is. I try to, and I, I try to, when I'm, I'm right in a period now where I really got to take good care of myself because otherwise, you know, the turkeys are going to get you. You know, I was telling a friend earlier t- today, I feel like I'm standing almost hip deep in water and I have all these little piranhas nibbling at me. You know, not big bites, just these little tiny things, you know, and everywhere I go, including program, you know, it, you know, it's, you know, and I just, I just go, oh, okay, okay. And I know that's going to go away. And actually, I, in the last 20 minutes, I've got an enormous amount of relief, not only from sharing this with you, but from whatever I found in that room over there, you know. And, and I go, oh, and I do have a willing heart. I learned that in this program. Even if you do it anyway. That's, that's what I learned. Do it anyway, whether you want to or not. So I can be gracious. I can be welcoming. I can be understanding. I don't have to act on what an idiot I think you are, you know, I, or how miserable you're making my life right now, you know, and, and, and that's really with my children, you know, with, and, and with people who are trying to provide a service for me, you know, I, I, I was on an airplane where everybody was going wackadoo, you know, and I'm sitting there going, can we just, otherwise I'm blowing this plane up and then we're leaving, you know, <laughs> you know, let's just go. You know, and let's all be calm, you know, and and I'm grateful for that. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. Many people in this room have helped me in ways just by casually walking by and saying, hey, Evelyn, it's good to see you. You know, how are you? You know, I learned that from you. And I can say that. Hi, honey, how are you? And I honestly care, you know, and and I'm so grateful for these opportunities. If I didn't have this program, I I wouldn't be anything today. I am enormously indebted to this program. It, it taught me to, how to be a better woman, taught me how to be a better person. I'm aging well in this program. I have decided I'm practicing that because, you know, I, I want to age gracefully in this program. I want to become the kind of gracious lady, those little old ladies who, because one day I'm going to need a ride. <laughs> and, and hopefully someone will take me to lunch if I go to the stupid meeting. You know, who will come? I want to be the kind of woman who's sitting in a in a in a in a care home that they're going to make sure I get a bath every day. You know, I want to be the kind of woman that says, "Oh, I love her." She doesn't know what she's talking about, but she's so entertaining. I love her. You know, I am practicing to become that kind of woman. You know, and I'm so grateful. And thank you very much. Our second speaker is Rachel from San Francisco. All right. Everybody hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, and I want to start off by saying that I am here under duress. So um, when uh, the uh, convention committee called me and asked me to speak, uh, they first asked me to speak uh, at, I guess, the first workshop, which was on abstinence. And I was like, great, you know, that, that's great. What time? And I think it was 8 o'clock. And uh, I said, you know... I'm going to be coming in late, and I hate to be a princess about these things, and I hate to say no, but said, oh, no, that's, that's fine. We, you know, we're, it, this is early. We've got other slots. Um, 
So how about relationships? <laughs> He's like, oh, man. All right, well. So, you know, I feel like I, I was talking to my sponsor before. I said, what, what, what am I going to say about relationships? I don't know anything about relationships. So, sorry. Um, it sounds like speakers one and three know a whole lot about relationships. All I can tell you is what I've dealt with um, what it was like, what's going on with me today, um, and maybe give you a little bit of experience and strength and, and hopefully some hope. So anyway, just to start off giving you my, my stats, um, I came into the program in 85. Uh, it took me a while to get abstinent. Um, so in June, I had uh, 12 years of back-to-back abstinence. Um, and that's thanks. And um, uh, I was a low-bottom, low-bottom binger, compulsive overeater. And so um, isolation is absolutely part of my story. You know, it's uh, close the drapes, turn off the phone, and binge. So when, by the grace of God, uh, in 2000, um, I was granted the gift of abstinence, my, my sponsor made a suggestion to me at that time that I not date for uh, a year. And at the time, I was like, well, why the hell am I getting thin? You know, that's, that's you know, this is not, this is, you know, the plan. I get thin and I get a boyfriend. I live happily ever after. And she said, well... It's a suggestion, you know, for those of you who've been around a long time, it's sort of that suggestion if you jump out of a plane. I had suggested that you bring a, a parachute. Um, so I took her suggestion, and it was the best suggestion because I knew, oh, my gosh, that there, was, there was no way I was going to be ready. And so at the end of the second year, I felt like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. You know, I'm not ready yet. Well, fast forward through years uh, three through ten, and I was like, I'm still really not ready for this. And, um, yeah, by the way, I'm a a slow learner. Like I said, I came into program in in 85 and got abstinent in 2000. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm not uh, just come in and and get it all and, and, and leave. So, by year about uh, 10, 11, I realized this is not, this has gone from, okay, I'm waiting till I'm ready to, I'm avoiding this at any cost. And uh, the only way that I'm going to find uh, a suitable partner is uh, if I'm able to order him on Amazon and he shows up, you know, within two to three days, because otherwise it's just, is not going to happen. The field that I work in, you know, I'm, I'm not going to meet a lot of um, eligible men and um, this is just not going to happen. So, um, and it's funny that I talk about Amazon and online because actually what I did start to do was uh, the internet dating thing. Oh, so, um, and <clears throat> actually, uh, turned out to be not the horror show that I, that I anticipated, I anticipated, but what I can tell you is, and, and like I say, this is my, this is my own experience. I know that there are a variety of other stories in there. Some people come into program already married and, you know, so this is just my experience and, and, and I think what might be common among us is that the only way that I was able to get through this is through the steps, is knowing, okay, I'm not doing this alone. You know, God is going with me on every, you know, 
date every whatever, every, you know, even down to having a program person um, help me put together my profile and, you know, and picking out a picture. And I was like, oh, God, because I have, you know, issues about myself and how I look. And, and an incredibly gracious person from program said, okay, you know, he takes pictures. We'll, we'll do a photo shoot. You know, we'll help you pick out. You know, if I take 200 pictures, you're probably going to be able to pick out one that you're, you know, you don't want to flush down the toilet. So, um, so anyway, and that's what, that's kind of what happened. And, and at, at every moment, just checking in with my sponsor and working for me, uh, working the third step around it, just turning it over to my higher power, um, and acting as if, uh, I'm, I'm, was worthy of this because everything in my head was screaming, no, no, you know, I, this, this can't happen. I'm, I'm not. You know, there's there's no way. There's no way. Um, and I and in that interim, I was always wondering. You know, these issues. Of course, I had resentments. Of course, you know, with family and uh, you know, I was in grad school and everything, and and you know, work people and everything. But I was like, you know, what are all these resentments and issues that people are talking about with you know their partners and everything? And um, well, yeah, that's because if you're not in that uh, field, you don't have to you know, deal with that. So this opened up a whole new arena of uh, challenges. Um, So anyway, uh, just to sort of fast forward a little bit. um, Yeah, so what I've had to do, and I actually right now um, am in a relationship, and I wish I could say everything is all, you know, peachy keen and wonderful. And actually, the past two weeks have been really, really difficult. And that was another thing. I, I, I went through a panic. I thought, oh, my God, at the convention, I'm talking about relationships. My head was spiraling through, okay, who's going to be there? Who can I switch with? Who can I switch with? Who can I call? And I've been on the other side of, um, uh, you know, doing service to organize these events and I thought the last thing I can do is call, you know, these people and say, oh, I can't talk about relationships. I, you know, I don't, I don't look at where I am. I don't know what to do. Um, my sponsor said, you know what, you do, you do have something to share. And, and you know, I don't know if that's, uh, that's really true or not. All I know is that everything that I learned was something that I heard in these rooms or that I got from the big book or that, that somebody else, you know, passed on to me. You know, nothing is original. And that's one good thing about, you know, waiting 10 years to get into this is I accumulated a lot of fellows and friends who have been through this that I can call and say, how the hell do you get through this? You know, how in the world, you know, this is the most painful thing that I have been through since getting abstinent, really. Really, I mean, I, I, when I got abstinent, just to kind of back up a little bit for those who are new. This, I did not have much of a pink cloud. It was hard. It was hard. That compulsion was strong, and it got better and better. And for me, uh, dating was kind of like the same thing. Um, I had to pray for restraint of tongue and pen and text and call because. <laughs> There was the part of me that, you know, and I believe in communication and everything, but 
Also, I had to, you know, in my head was the crazy, was, you know, take care of me. Okay, are you, is everything okay with you? Why isn't he called? Why isn't he, whatever. That's about me. You know, that's about self-centeredness, which is one of my big character defects. And what this program has taught me is that I have to get out of myself. You know, me having you take care of me is is not going to move me forward in this program. Um, and that the relationship that I can always depend on, that I don't have to worry, you know, has their feelings changed? Did I do something? Did I say something? Is my higher power. You know, that no matter what happens, if I am alone, if I have to start all over, the relationship with my higher power... If, have you flashed any cards? I just can't see. I want to just make sure. Okay, good, good. You're going to have to flash them high because I'm kind of sorry. <laughs> Hold them high. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, is the relationship with my higher power? Oh, okay, thank you. Ten. Thanks. Um, is the relationship with my higher power is, is always there and that my higher power is going to take care of me no matter what, even if I you know, am dumped, even if I decide that, you know, this person is not the right person for me, um, that that relationship with my higher power is, is the primary relationship in my life. And we have been through a lot together. He has gotten me through my, I, uh, refer to my higher power as God and God has gotten me through a lot of stuff. Like I say, I, I um, went back to school when I got abstinent because uh, I had never finished my undergraduate. Uh, I finished my undergraduate. I went to grad school, you know, got a job, did those things. And in and, and every situation, I felt like, no, this one's too big. I, I, you know, yeah, you got me through this before, but this is different. This is, this is different. And now I'm screwed. You know, really, now I'm screwed. And every time my higher power came through for me and said, just keep, you know, keep close to the program, keep on working the steps. And, um, and that's, that's actually how I got ready and involved in opening my life to the possibility of being with a partner in the first place is, is working through the steps on this particular issue um, and my tendency to isolate uh, and to be alone. So, uh, where was I? Oh, and, and another thing that I had to learn was um, that whoever it is that I'm, I'm with and I'm involved in, you know, either romantically or not romantically, cannot be all things to me or not my program, you know, especially if it's somebody who's not in these rooms. Um, they can kind of get it, and I can sort of explain, okay, this is where I go, you know, three times a week or whatever, and, and lately it's been a whole lot more because I feel like I really needed to lean into meetings. Um, and kind of this is what it's about, but they're not going to get it. This person cannot be all things to me. Um, the only individual thing that's going to hundred and, – and you all get me a whole lot better than anybody else out there, um, a whole lot better, thank God. But the only – source that's really just going to really get me is my higher power. And so, you know, that, that's who I have to go to and to fellows in the program for some of my needs. Not one individual, even if this is my soulmate, is 
is going to provide all those things for me. That's asking too much. That's being, that's being selfish. Um, and also letting go of perfectionism. And I, I hate to talk about perfectionism because I feel like it, I'm not a perfectionist. If I were a perfectionist, I'd be a whole lot more perfect. You know, I mean, I just, I balk at that, you know, perfectionism. But um, I've been told by so many other people who know me well um, that I must be. So, uh, and they seem to have a little bit of insight. So I am constantly doubting myself, you know, did I, what did I say? Did if I said this, did this happen or what? And, you know, the, one of the things that has stuck with me is that what other people think of me is none of my business. I have to let go of control of that. I must let go of control of that. Um, and I do want to talk a little bit about the food, too, that my food plan has been my anchor, um, my higher power and my food plan, that no matter what happens, no matter how lousy I feel or in despair or worried or elated, you know, oh, my God, this is the best thing that's happened to me. And, oh, this is what people are talking about. And, oh, my God, that, you know, that doesn't change what I have. You know, I, I write out my food plan at the end of the day. Well, I type it out. I stick it on the fridge. And, and that doesn't change, you know, wherever I am, whatever. And I've had to sort of adjust it because I also realized that in a lot of ways my food plan was sort of isolating me and that it was okay now that my social life is sort of burgeoning to trust that I'm not the one who keeps me abstinent and this food plan isn't the one that keeps me abstinent. My higher power keeps me abstinent. This is a tool and it is the tool is that so I can expand and have a life, not so that I can limit my life. Um, so that's been a big uh, learning thing for me. Five, thank you. Um, so yeah, that's been a definite, um, you know, just a comfort that I have these, these boundaries and these rules. Um, and something else practical that I, cause I always like to sh hear, you know, what people, you know, what do people do practically to just get through this stuff and whether it's, you know, a dating scenario relationship or relationship with coworkers, which, you know, I certainly, certainly have. Um, is the, the tool of, well, not just a tool, it's fundamental to our program, of praying for other people when I have resentments against them. Steps eight and nine, making sure that my side of the street is clean. And just yesterday, you know, in this relationship, I have a big resentment and big fear, but I realized that there was part of my side of the street which was not clean. And uh, when I did my original step eight and nine, and I've done amends since then, I try to work a, a daily 10 step, uh, my sponsor at the time had me write out my amends, what I was going to say on a three by five card. And purposely, that's a small card so that it can't, so that it's short and sweet and to the point, um, so that I can't start saying, well, I did this and this is why, and, and this was the justification, because then it becomes about me. Then it becomes about me and, oh, please understand why I did this and don't hate me, don't hate me, don't hate me. I'm a good person. No. And yesterday I had to go back to the old three-by-five card and say, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I did this and then shut up and uh, to feel like, you know, my side of the street is clean. 
And the other tool that I've been using a whole lot, um, and this does for me tie into relationships with others, is the God box, which is sort of a physical manifestation of the third step. There's something about, and I'm not one of these persons who uses a lot of tchotchkes and altars and uh, praise, and that's fine if you do. That, uh, you know, more power to you, whatever works. But one thing that I do that's sort of a, a solid thing that's symbolic is I have a, a box that my um, one of my sponsees gave me a long time ago. And when there's something that the hamster is on the wheel and I keep on going back and forth and back and forth, you know what happens with me? This happens in the shower. I will be so obsessed with thinking about something, and, and for some reason, you know, shower, it's quiet and everything, I'll forget what I've washed. You know, I'm just like, I'm so obsessed with something, and I'm like, did I already wash my, I don't, I'm just, my mind is going around and around and around, and I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I just, I lose what I'm doing. And, you know, that'll happen. I'll be, you know, driving. Thank God I haven't, you know, shower's a little bit more safe. Um, but, you know, what I'm thinking, to, I just passed my exit. So, um, yeah, one thing that helps me get out of my head, which is a dangerous neighborhood, and turn it over to God is physically writing down on a piece of paper whatever the issue is and sticking it in my God box and saying, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I don't know. God, you take it. One of my sponsees suggested the idea because, you know, I'm not always home with my little box of a God envelope. So um, I carry around with me a little God envelope. You know, I've got one here. Uh, I don't know what to do, but whatever. You know, little piece of paper, stick it in the God envelope. Works just as good as a God box. So, um, yeah, that's one little tip that's helped me. So, um, and I think the last thing that I want to say is um, with this program, I know no matter what happens um, that I'm not alone. You know, like I said, my higher power is always always with me. Um, One minute left. That's just enough. Um, That I'm not alone. Even some of you that I don't know, and it's great to see a lot of familiar faces here, Um, and there's a lot of you who have given me a lot of help through this, and I'm so grateful. Um, But even of those of you, those friends that I haven't met yet, I know that even if your story isn't exactly the same as mine, we have, we must have a, a little bit in common or else we wouldn't be here you know, inside an over-air-conditioned, you know, conference room on a, on a sunny Saturday. So um, I, I couldn't be doing this without you. So thank you for showing up and, and asking me to do service and being here. Speaker is Linda from La La Mesa. Okay. Thank you. Hi, I'm Linda, compulsive reader. Hi, Linda. Um, I've uh, I started a program in 1978, and I've been yeah. Okay, so I've I was 26 years old when I started, and I've been so it's almost 34 years in September. This. And um, I um, 
unfortunately, my uh, definition of abstinence, especially according to one of my sponsors recently, is not abstinence. And um, after uh, being able to sponsor me back again, because uh, she was in relapse, she um, she said, I, I, yeah, I'm from La Mesa, the San Diego area, and she says, Linda, we're through, and slams the phone on me and from then on she would not even not sponsor me anymore she's not even going to talk to me anymore and that really hurt me just um, I know she's she has she's mentally disturbed and I'm I've, I'm mentally disturbed too I've had a mental illness uh, practically all my actually all my life since I'm a toddler so it's all my life and I've struggled with the food plan and I wish I could say that I lost weight and kept it off, and but I didn't. And I'm at on um, actually starting Monday back again. I'm going to be on a medically supervised program for weight loss. And um, people that I know, my doctor, my my psychologist, and my um, sister and brother says, um, "Well, OA didn't work for you." But I I still keep coming back, and my psychologist says it's surprising that after 35, you know, 35 years of something not working for you, why do you still come back to that same place, which is OA? I still, I still come back because I still hope for it to work, and um, I still have faith that it is going to work. And uh, at my weight, it's uh, dangerous. I know I've gotten help spiritually and emotionally, but I didn't help myself uh, physically. So I'm still going to do that, and I have more to go. We'll wait uh, to lose um, about 170 pounds to be at a decent weight. And um, like as far as relationships, uh, since I'm a young adult, I've so for, for the past 40 years, I've always wanted to marry and have a family, and I kept saying to my parents, who both passed away a month apart in 2005, and I would say to them, and my sister and brother and lots of other people, I'd say, you know how badly I want to meet a Jewish man, I want to get meet somebody, get married, and have kids. And um, it's like the way I am, it's like the more I repeat that, the more the better chance of it happening. But it's the opposite. The more I keep repeating the same thing over and over again, it's alienating. And uh, I always thought the more I bugged my mother, when am I going to ever meet somebody and get married and have kids? It's the more it upset her, and she didn't want to hear it anymore. And my parents were never the ones to fuss about me getting married like you'd think most Jewish parents would be. Like they want you to get when are you going to get married? You know, no, it's me that fussed about it. My sister and brother got married, had families, but I never did, and I'm, then I'm getting to saying, see, I still want that, and I'm saying, well, um, so I started going to a fertility specialist to talk to him about, you know, diff the different ways of getting pregnant, but I'd, I'd have to lose some weight first. He's also an endocrinologist and helping me uh, with that problem and, and lose weight and get healthier, but um, I never wanted to have kids and then get married or not get married and want to do 
like a lot of women do that ask backwards they do it that way but I wanted to get married first and I'm having a hard time meeting somebody and I never gave up I'm also on those lines on those dating sites and it's just never happened where I met someone face to face yet and I'm still on them and and still would like uh, looking to get into nursing school I'm still doing that because I still want a career and and these other things and never gave up instead the desire for these things that people do when they're younger didn't go away as I got older I still working towards the goals and uh, that's that is just about it I'd like (laughs) it's hard for me to talk like for 20 minutes but I think I can do it Um, I with like the relationships with people, I sounds and sounds like you can't hear me because if you can, that's good. It doesn't sound like I'm coming through. But um, I, don't, I haven't always had good, really uh, pleasant relationships with other people. I've had a behavior problem since I'm a child, and um, so as I said, I've been sick. They determined since I'm a toddler, and my parents always had problems with my behavior and in those days they parents didn't um, know very much about um, quote unquote better ways of disciplining children and I believe my mother said um, probably my father also that she um, didn't know all she knew was when um, a child was naughty was to spank Um, she didn't know and as a young mother like talk to the kid first to do this and this first and before he had to resort to harsh measures but she said you know she didn't know that in those uh, at that time and um, not only was it in the butt but I got slapped in the face so so much until I was even 13 years old they stopped doing that after 13 and a half 14 but um, I, I think it did something to me mentally to be hit in the face, but and my parents were very, very good people, and even my sister and brother and their relatives and friends did not uh, see my parents as abusive, only me. See, I had to suffer by myself with that, because nobody else knew or saw them as abusive people. They were always very, very good people on the outside, just very, very good people, my parents, and, and they were. It's just a they didn't know that what they were doing was abusive because it's just, it's just physically abusive to do that. And I always knew, like when I had kids, I won't you know, do things that way. You know, if the kid is very quote unquote bad and sick, I'll just get them psychiatric help or do something different other than to physically hurt them. So, uh, so let me see. Um, I'll um. I don't like like to um, talk bad a, about my parents, but I don't want to say that uh, they were not abusive when they were. And um, I don't go around um, telling people all the time how bad that they were because they were good people. So, uh, so I also know now that to meet my goals of meeting somebody and having a family, I don't. You don't 
meet those goals by I'm telling that to myself. You don't meet them by telling everybody, you know, I want to do this, want to do that, and I want to get married and meet someone, get married and have a family. Because uh, by telling everybody that, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. you got to do something like go out there and meet people who want the same thing. And um, So it's not like tell these inappropriate people that are not part of that part of your life to tell that to. You can mention it, but not go around uh, saying things to people that are, you know, not your... They're, they're either they're if, or if they're work people or they they're not part of your personal life. You just doesn't pay to be uh, telling them like as if telling them is going to make it happen. Uh, so I, mean, I had to learn more to more than just say. I got to do be I be a doer, not just a talker. So that's good that I realized that. And um, it's, it's pretty scary that all, all, all my life is, I have uh, been to lots of um, mental illness I've had to get over. And uh, it's hard living with that, but then I, I turn it into an asset by saying that with all of this, now I could help somebody else. Because when I become a nurse, I do want to be a psychiatric nurse and work in the mental health field. Because I do want to make a difference in the in the mental health system, and um, all through as, as I had to be in hospitals, there were good nurses, good workers, mental health workers, just psych aides, whatever they were called at the time, and and um, there were ones that were abusive, and I was physically abused in the mental hospitals even in, until 20 years ago when I had to be in one. Um, and uh, there's, I, I uh, was. It was very, very hard to uh, be for a year in one of these places where uh, the patient, other patients, abused me, and and the workers that I don't think had very much training. They just let them work there. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to make a difference in the mental health system. I know other people are trying to make a difference and not have it be the way it was maybe in a few hundred years ago when they, that's what they did with those kind of patients. That they're not even that long ago, but they um, didn't treat them humanely. And they just put them in quote-unquote mental hospitals because they had to have a place to put these people. They couldn't do what they wanted to do, and it's... And according to some people, probably even today, all mental, mentally ill people just need is three hots on a cot, and that's that's it. Not, that's all they give them. And it's more to life than that for anybody. So, so uh, with all my anger towards the way how other people treated me, I still, um, what would you <laughs> the, the step where you, you know, realize that I'm where my where I was wrong and make amends I don't just say oh people owe me all these amends no I I give amends when I feel I want to do amends to others and my and to myself uh, and the living amends and and not just saying I'm sorry but living the I'm sorry not just saying I'm sorry and then doing something and saying I'm sorry and doing something into people it was always 
is like a lot of times where they do something and then say, I'm sorry. Do the, no, when you say you're sorry, so it means you don't, you're not going to do it again. And, you know, I'm in a relationship with someone that I know uh, for many years. It's uh, not that intimate. It's, and it's something that uh, is not the, the bad outweigh the good with this man that I'm involved with. It's just um, he even knows that I'm meeting someone, uh, wanting to be online and meeting others. It's just that we don't have the same goals in common. And, and it's just... Um, it's it's abusive, and none of my family like appreciates me being in this with this person in, in San Diego. So, and I'm still working on myself, and I do need to um, do something slightly different for a while about my weight issue and my eating. So I know I can't like eat the way I've been eating and still be healthy. So. And I do have, like I was speaking about, that sponsor that slammed the phone on me and she kept slamming it when I tried to call it back. I do have another sponsor now that I call every day with my food. And talk. It's, it's, I can't be it's not honest because it's like write everything down. I'm not good at writing my food down and, um, and calling it in. So I do call her and I talk about that I'm going to be on a program and then I know my food is going to get much healthier and much um, straighter and not like erratic and I will f feel better and I still know that everybody's they say everybody's definition of abstinence is different so then I don't know when and why this other sponsor said, well, when I told her my definition of abstinence, she says, your definition of abstinence is not abstinence. That's not abstaining. When I gave her, like, what I would eat with three meals a day and not eat with three meals a day. And um, and according to other people, that my definition of it is, of, of abstinence is not abstinence. Now, you're not abstaining if you're going to do that type of eating. So... Um, I'll define it better to be more honest with uh, my food and what abstinence is and be more realistic about what abstinence is and uh, not binge and not um, eat just anything and call it abstinence. And I don't, I'm not a restrictor. I don't like restrict food and I'll try to define to myself about the issue with sugar and what that could do and why that's addicting. So, um, actually, uh, I'm still in the making. I'm still doing for myself and for others what uh, I could do to live right and where I could feel good about myself and have, I've had, I always had self-worth. There's a difference self-worth and self-esteem. I've always had sad, always have had self-worth, but I'm needing some more self-esteem that I'm going to be um, still working on. And that's a good message for all of you. Thank you. Thank
The meeting is now open for three-minute pitches. Please sign the release form at the podium prior to speaking. We ask that you limit your share to three minutes and confine your share to your experience, strength, and hope on the topic discussed today. This session ends at 11.15. So is there anyone here who would like to share? Come on up. Who wants to share? Come on. Here's the form you need to sign. Good morning. My name is Stacy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hello there. I'm pretty nervous. Standing up here is yeah. gives me the jitters. Thank you so much, all uh, three of you. A great experience, strength, and hope, and, and just your courage. Thank you. Um, I came into my first OA meeting in 1975, and I was 16, and. Um, I remember there was a woman that had a butterfly on her shoulder, and she talked about hope. And, uh, and I really needed to hear that, you know, when I was at that. I still do. <laughs> um, and I haven't, I haven't always kept coming back through all those years. I wish I could say I did. But I have never lost my tie with OA. Um, I sat in, that, in the meeting last night, the big meeting, and... And I looked around and I thought, you know, my closest people are in this program over so many years, my closest friends, the people that I call in the middle of the night. Um, there's only three places ever in my life that I feel like I've gotten unconditional love. And one of them was in therapy. Well, and God, of course, I guess four. <laughs> and one was here. And one was from uh, my, my partner of 15 years. Um, I'm in a relationship with a, a compulsive overeater, alcohol, recovering alcoholic, drug addict, and um, I struggle every day to hold my own <laughs> in this relationship. I'm a, a mother of 11-year-old twins that are the greatest teachers that I have. One has um, a, a attention deficit, ADHD, and um, I, you know, nothing <laughs> will send me back into the food faster than re my, the relationships in my life. Um, I've gained and lost 100 pounds probably four to five times over the last 30 years. The most recently was about two years ago. Um, I'm maintaining about 80 pounds of that 100, which is a blessing. Um, so I heard someone say that being in a relationship is like putting miracle grow <laughs> on your character defects. <laughs> and, you know, and, um, you know... My closest people are in this are in twelve step programs. My kids, I watch them play when they were little, and I see them se setting up chairs. <laughs> I thought this is the epitome of my life, the, and they say, "Keep coming back. It works." Uh, <laughs> I'll make it really quick. I just want to say one last thing. You know, I just pray to be a better person uh, today than I was yesterday. To know, you know, I'm not the doer. I'm not the one in control to detach from the outcome because I don't know what it is. Um, and I'm just so grateful that you're all here because you've saved my seat when I don't come, come back. So thank you. Good morning. My name is Lori. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Lori. Can you hear me? 
Can you hear me now? <laughs> um, I um, have also been in the program a very long time. I um, came in, I think it was 77. I, I, over the last 20, last 20 years, I've been in and out of relapse. And about three years ago, I said, what am I? Something, you know, they, they, they talk about um, insanity is being is defined as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I thought, what am I doing that's insane? You know, what what am I doing that's insane? And and I looked back on my history in OA and I thought, well, I fired a sponsor because she didn't know me well and because she knew me too well. <laughs> and that describes my life. I've been I am supremely an isolationist. And um, um, let's see, I'm going to just sign this here. Um, and so over the last two or three years, I, I don't even know how long I've had a sponsor now, but this is somebody that's been a good friend um, for the last 20 years. And I just have called her. You know, I have this thing where I floss every day except when I don't. Um, and, and I've always wanted to say that I'm abstinent every day except when I'm not. But it, that just hasn't worked. You know, I'm just, that just hasn't worked. So, um, but I do call her pretty much every day except when I don't. And, um, um, and it has been an amazing, an amazing thing. And developing that relationship has been really a, uh, the, my, first, my first step of uh, being committed to that relationship. Um, and so that's all I really have to say. I'm just really happy to be here. I have been to a million, no, not, maybe not a million, but a lot of conventions. And um, after the first couple of years, I stopped, um, I stopped um, coming up to speak because I don't know why. I just stopped coming up to speak, and it's good to be back up to speak. Thank you. Hi, my name's Beth. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I first came in this program in 1990 when I was bulimic, and um, and I think I stayed here the longest that time. I've probably been here 12 years out of the last 23, but um, I'm back for the third time, and. Um, I've been back for over a year, and I'm real grateful. And I'm here this time for my health. I don't think I'm here with an agenda. Um, you know, and I need to be here for my health. I have a nine-year-old boy, and I have a husband I've been with for 25 years, and I met him in another fellowship. And my, you know, we've been together for 18 years, which is longer than I lived with my parents. So it's, you know, it's my longest long-term relationship, but it's been changing. He doesn't do program anymore. You know, he does church four times a week. And he gets on these, I don't know. I really feel like we need marriage counseling, you know. And it would be really complicated if we got a divorce because we own two businesses. We own four pieces of property. You know, um, I think I ought to talk to my sister about it some too. Um, she's in Massachusetts, but at least I have a relationship with her, and she's self-employed. And um, 
you know, but I need to try to talk to my husband about marriage therapy. And the last time I said I'd be willing to do it with somebody in the church, and this time I'm not willing to do that. And he always says, oh, it's good for those people. So I'm going to ask him if he'll go to my psychiatrist with me next week because he's done that before. And my psychiatrist said he'd try to talk him into going, you know. And we have a family. I would like to keep it together. You know, it's the only family I've ever had. You know, I was 41 and he was 49 when we had Danny. And he's a wonder. He was this morning, he's going, come on, Mom, let's go to the Hilton, you know, because he goes with me to meetings sometimes. And (laughs) I said, no, no, you're staying here, honey. (laughs) Thank you. But, um, you know, it's a challenge, and I'm just trying to make sure that we have quality time together, you know, because there are things we don't do that work quality time, and making sure that, you know, we go camping, and we go on a date night here, and, you know, we actually went out of town and did our, you know, a bed and breakfast for our anniversary this year, and that's important, you know, and I'm grateful for this program, and I forgot to write my date, and um, I hope I stay here. Thank you. both of you in so does one of you have a burning desire are you burning kind of burn on burn on, burn on. <laughs> I'm Don I'm a reader uh, so I came in the program um, uh, about a little over 10 years ago I was 475 pounds and I was in a relationship it was a really bad relationship I was kind of mean to her and she had been I met her on the internet somehow convinced her to move here to um, California, and it was, it was a bad idea, right? But it got me off the couch, made me want to, you know, go back to OA. So I started in program, started losing weight, and after a year, she finally left. And uh, then I wa- walked around for a year trying to figure out what to do. I was afraid of women and um, afraid of being alone. And, um, you know, I still was, you know, it took me three years to lose 250 pounds, and while I was walking around, I was kind of like, you know, I want a date. And I was talking to this one guy, and he, you know, gave me the line of wait till you, you know, are at your goal, wait for a year, and then you can start dating. And I was like, <laughs> so he said, well, okay, if you're not going to do that, at least write a purity of intent. And I'm like, what is a purity of intent? So he had me write this thing, and the basic question is, um, how would you approach God's daughter if you were in the room with her and God? And, you know, I, I wrote this nine, eight years ago, put it in my wallet. I just found it when I was sitting in the back of the room there. And um, the first thing I wrote was, very carefully, if you, answer this, if you answer this question with a vengeful higher power, you could easily wind up as a pillar of salt. So I basically, I have a good and loving higher power, I believe I am as much a child of God as anyone else. My higher power gave me this physical body to enjoy. He has given me quite a bit of physical recovery over the past two years. I believe he wants me to enjoy physical pleasure. I do believe he wants me to act with honor and integrity. I will be very careful when other people's feelings are concerned. I will only date someone if there's an emotional attachment to whom I connected. If she's in program, ooh. Uh, She should have at least a year of abstinence. a year of, no, she should have more recovery than I do. And then the rest of it, the rest of it I'm not going to read because it's really, it gets cringy from that point. (laughs) Anyway, so we got married. 
five and a half years ago in the Unitarian Church in Oakland where they have the 12-step marathon. And um, so thanks. Maybe you can grab somebody after the workshop. Oh, yeah. Here. This is, this is all the time we have for sharing. It is now time to close this session. Before we close, I want to remind you that the hotel is offering a cash-only lunch option in the atrium from 11.30 to 12.30 for your convenience. Let's thank our speakers and all who have done service for this session.